0: It's a multifamily apartment as a cash flowing asset where it's just, you can have like monthly or quarterly cash yeah. flows. Consistency no, is, is great. Makes complete right, so, uh, right. So, and also multifamily scalable than single families or duplex where separate groups instead of, you could have 20, 30 units under one roof. So considering all these benefits, I, I, that's when I said what is multifamily is, is a great asset class to go into. Yes.
1: This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Joseph Lee. Yosef is a litigation attorney and multifamily real estate investor, 560 plus units or assets under management uh, in Ohio, Missouri, Oklahoma, Kansas. I uh, started in 2021. He's an immigrant from South Korea and you're gonna hear many details uh, about him and how he has taken, taken very strategic action steps and big action steps. Uh, Where I I hear often people want to get started in this space, but they're not willing to do what it takes to make it happen. And they don't have a plan either. And Yosef lays out a number of things today that helped him to do just that. Yosef, welcome to the show. Looking forward to diving in and and learning from you and, and the listeners learning from you as well. Before we do that, give us a little more about your background. Why are you getting into real estate? Why did you jump into real estate? And from from where, like what industry would
0: you do before? Sure. First of all, Whitney, thank you very much for having me today. Very excited. A little bit about myself. I'm a, I meant like a first generation Korean immigrant, father of two. I came here at the age of like 18. Oh, uh, 18. I almost turned 18 when I came here. When, so this is new country with new culture, new language and everything. So every day from the point on, it's been doing myself uh, in a new country, right? So fast forwarding, I became an attorney and thinking about that's, that's a way to go to, you know, become sort of a successful person in the U.S. But it was really not. I, I realized myself uh, just trapped in a red race. And at one point I started thinking like and reflecting myself, is, is this a lifestyle that I wanted to pursue for the rest of my life? And I decided it's not. And that's around when I stumbled upon the book, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad and Poor Dad. And exactly was describing my lifestyle as a race. I had 100% agreement with that. So I concluded that from from that point on, like I must become a business owner or an investor eventually so that I could build some sort of sustainable income stream with with benefits like tax benefits so that I can support my family, right? Uh, In other words, being a W-2, if you start working, that's the end of income source. And that's very risky. And so that's when I started looking into, okay, what kind of investment vehicles or other business opportunities are there? So I tried a little bit of stocks and mutual funds and risk and whatnot, but nothing really thrilled me until I stumbled upon, again, this great website, biggerpockets.com by accident. And I started reading all the articles started watching the YouTube videos. And the first two people I watched was Grant Cardone and Michael Blanks. So those were the guys okay, like, don't even bother looking below 16 units or 32 units. Go big, go, go big. So I studied about multifamily and I instantly found love. And I just thought to myself, okay, this is something that's doable as long as you have a great team and strategy into it. And that's how I started just falling into multifamily. And you know, yeah.
1: No, that's awesome. So, especially being an immigrant and coming over and becoming an attorney, obviously lots of hurdles to hear that you had to had to cross right that were that are not easy, and so congratulations to you and uh, just making making it happen and making so many things happen, and being successful and and uh, but so one question I thought of why why real estate though why not you said what I like that you, know, you read Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, amongst many of the listeners and and myself included and and you learned that hey you needed to be a business owner why not just open say your own practice as an attorney and maybe invest in real estate. So why become an operator or on the active mm-hmm. side and not just focus on legal?
0: Well, more so at the, in the beginning, I was looking to invest, right? I mean, okay, I, I could leave and open my own firm and start all over just from the ground building. However, I was, at the time, I was pretty comfortable with my position at, at the firm and I was making, okay, It's it's, it's good money. So I didn't. Have an idea of leaving the firm from starting from ground zero and building my firm and again trapping myself into probably a probably busier position. At the time, I was just thinking, okay, if I start my own firms, like for the for the next at least five, 10 years, I think I would have to spend all the money back into the business and just getting busy myself. So that at the time that was more of investor that I wanted to become versus business owner. So, I was looking to the vehicles that I could invest. and That's why I started with the stocks where it's just entry level is really low, right? Because anyone just kind of try But the reason why I came settle down on multifamily was basically real estate as it's a basic human, more so residential side, right? It's a, one of the basic human needs like food, clothing, and apartment, right? House. So, I, I saw so definitely high demand there. And I see all this news about demographic shiftings, baby boomers are downsizing. So instead of houses, they, they were going into the smaller places, millennials not buying homes. There's a high demand for the rent and also the cash flows, right? That's one other thing. This a multifamily apartment as a cash flowing asset where it's just, you can have like monthly or quarterly cash flows. Consistency is is great. Makes complaints. Right. So, and also multifamily scalable than single families or duplex, where separate groups instead of you could have 20, 30 units under one roof. So, considering all those benefits, like I, that's when I said, "What is multifamily? Is is a great asset class to go into?"
1: Yeah, speak to the transition, like how you've transitioned well, or or maybe some crucial things that you did to be successful moving into multifamily or starting your own, you know, real estate business.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I just started, and obviously everybody, everyone should start that way, right? We do self-study, right? We got to know what it is like to become a multifamily investor. You got to learn all the jargons and all the terms, how things are being operated. I I started learning all this from going into biggerpockets.com back in like 2019, right? So I, I was self-educating, but soon I realized that so education is alone is not an equivalent to taking action. Right? I was just merely passively absorbing all the information from the website, watching the YouTube, but it was just so passive, right? So I had to make a, a, a kind of leap there from there. Like, you know what? I need more like hands-on guidance. I got, I got to find a group or mentor from this point on. So that's what I did. I started inviting uh, people out there and I ended up uh, joining the Jake and Gino group in uh, early 2020 that was right before pandemic uh, shuts down everything. I was so excited to go out and meet real estate people, but then they just, they just shut it down. So I was just staying at home. But at the same time, I tell people that this was like a disguised blessing for me personally, because I really didn't have much work from my firm at the time for at least a good half a year to close to a year. And I had spent a lot of time just digesting and studying at the same time, doing a lot of uh, networking calls like this, one-on-one Zoom calls. So in 2020 alone, I counted, I did networking calls like over 200 and I stopped counting up to 200, all from Jake and Gino and also joined MIH Mastermind. And I know my friend Nicole was here a few years ago and she mentioned about the same Mastermind group and Jake and Gino. She, she and I, we we met through Jake and Gino. So, these are great people.
1: Yeah, they are great people. I've 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 known Jake and Gino for a long time. I was at their first conference that they ever did, and so it's yeah. I, I think a lot of those guys for sure. I wanted to mention a couple of things. No doubt, self educate. You joined Jake and Gino, also a mastermind. Like you were consciously surrounding yourself with people right ahead of you right so you can learn from and 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 something i just see people that want to go do this stuff right they and this it's very similar to what i did i did some of the exact same stuff when i got started it's like educate educate like join masterminds join groups it's like meet as many people as possible i went to as many conferences as i possibly could Followed up with everybody i possibly could and followed up again it's just like building all these relationships over time it's what the podcast did for us as well meeting people like yourself and other people that I never would have met outside of like really pushing something like this. But something I love that you said there is in 2020, uh, over 200 calls. Uh, And I just just want the listeners to think about like that. If you're not taking action yet, if you're still self-educating, like think about that and think about the things that can happen from having over 200 calls in a year, right? With uh, other people in the space uh, and just connecting and meeting. and, And so what were some of the things that came maybe out of those calls that you didn't expect?
0: Or maybe you did expect, okay, so first of all, I had a clear goal, like to to for the network. I in the beginning, let's say about ten calls, I had no clear goals, right? I just joined just for the sake of meeting people because loved to meet people. But I soon I realized, unless you have a clear goal in your mind, that even if you meet amazing people, you're not really getting much out of that because in the beginning, because I, didn't really have it much background from syndication or even even just, just generally real estate investing. I never had any experience, not even single family flipping or anything, right? So when I joined a call with this, this amazing potential partners, my thing was like, oh, what can I do for you, right? Like, well, what can I do to add value to you? And basically later I hear from them, like, dude, if I don't know you, I don't know what you're good at. If you just ask me what you can do for me, it's like, are you adding another work for me to kind of get to know you? And then I got to tell you what to do? Come on, you, you should be better at this, right? So, well, they didn't say that, but that's the sort of things that I started realizing myself, putting myself to the other side. Oh, if, I, if somebody just shows up and tells me like they want to add value, they will would, they would do whatever I tell them to do. What am I going to be doing? Like, well, how am I going to think? Like, I'm going to tell them, like, I don't know you, right? Like, basically, I can not tell you what to do. So I, I, I pulled myself back out of that as I sat down and started writing down, okay, what am I expecting from each meeting? Like, and, and what can I tell them? as How can I promote myself to them so that they can see me as, as some sort of person who can add value to them, right? So, I started writing down basically what I thought will be a role in a team and and there's uh, somebody who has done a deal before, puts on the ground, uh, capital raiser, deal sourcer, underwriter, and all that one by one, and then I started checking off ones that I can be or I cannot be. And that was the process I did. So, for example, I just started the game, so I don't have any experience, so that one is gone. I don't have a huge Amount of uh, net worth. I can't be a net worth guy. Okay, that's gone. Okay, maybe I can underwrite a deal because I am le- I was learning that. So I live it off. Raising capital, I don't think I can do that myself right now. So I'll probably live it off. So you see that like sort of I was reorganizing the roles in the order that where I could more- be most appealing to them. And one of the sets was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an attorney, so I could, I could read documents, maybe review PPM, saving your time and blah, blah, blah. I have high net worth friends here, doctors and lawyers, so I could probably help you raise a capital. So I have like, I, had, I, I was preparing myself to promote myself at the same time. Also, obviously you don't want two Yosefs in one team, right? You gotta have somebody who could compliment and my biggest limiting belief in the beginning was because I, I live in New York City. Well, no way I can invest outside of my backyard. That was my initial limiting beliefs. Like cause I was looking things in New York, maybe New Jersey, like even even a little bit of Connecticut. But I really didn't think about going outside of that. How can I trust others? You need lots of money to start and all that. But soon I realized by education and through this networking, you know what? If... Even if I have something in Connecticut and New Jersey, it's not like I could go there every day and, and look after myself. I got to have somebody there. And if I have to find somebody anyway, why don't I find somebody in a market that number wise and make more sense? Right. So I started being further away from New York, going to Tennessee, KC. Eventually, through this networking calls, I met a, my first puts on the ground partner. He lives in Kansas. Uh, near Kansas City, and that became uh, the, the where I, we found the first property and closed that first property in December 2020.
1: Nice, congratulations! A couple things. Well, one big thing came out of it. You met this partner, right? Uh, I mean, that with that from taking that action, right? 200 calls, 200 plus calls, right? And so, I just want a listener to be able to think about that. Okay, well, you found a business partner, and ultimately uh, found a deal. Right. made a deal happen because of all these calls as well. I like how you said uh, you you listed. Yes. And I hear this all the time about uh, you ask people, what can I, how can I add value to you? Right. And, and I'm guilty of that as well. And especially early on, it's like, well, asking somebody that it does, it adds, it adds work to them to try to figure out, you know, how, how you can be used to add value to them. And so they don't want to put forth that effort. So they're just like, "Ah, I can't think of anything. Right. And so but mm-hmm. I liked how you listed out all these roles and you figured out some that you were good at or at least had started to learn about, right? So how did yes. that conversation then change? Instead of saying, how can I add value to you? Did you say, mm-hmm. well, these are my skill sets. Do you need that on your mm-hmm. team? Or like, how did you do that?
0: So and instead of, well, a little bit of more background about my my tactic towards the networking goals was I did two tiers. Of, I created two tiers of networking goals. One. Uh, with specifically those, with those who are interested in my market or who are into my market, who could be my boots in the ground. And also another tier was just a general networking with anyone just to get to know them. Because you never know where the deal will come from in the end, right? So, and initially what I did was before, that's how my approach was like, what can I do for you this time? I started a font. Hey, my name is Yosef. This is my background. Boom, boom, boom. A little bit of my journey, and then this is the role I could play. And tell me about your journey and see if there isn't any opportunity, a mutual opportunity that we could take on together. And they will talk about themselves, and uh, we just from that point on, since they know who I am, I know who they are. We are conversation go to like a little further to a more personal level. Their family, and family because it's not only about the business, right? And it's also about like getting to know who they are, becoming friends, because we're all in that same, you know, mentorship group. So I wanted to get to know them as well. And if at the end of the call, if I I, I conclude that, oh, this is probably not the type of person that I want, but if in terms of skill set wise or in terms of role-wise, but if I consider this person a good person, I'll leave a note there. And then when I do another call, and I find somebody who are we going to be a good fit with this person that I ever had a network with? I'll connect them, right? Oh, I, I know this good guy who could be probably your boots in the ground. He's in a different market, so I couldn't have any opportunity together. But I think he's a perfect fit for you. So I'll connect them, and more and more. I did a lot of connection calls as well. That, that and that will refer somebody to me too.
1: Yeah, that is a great way to to add value to people, right? And people do that for me now often and. And I used to do more of that. But when I was, I guess, taking more calls and networking, now our team does more networking than I do, it seems at times now. But, but no doubt that's a lot of value, right? To people when like you find this person that has something that this person needs or vice versa or skill set or whatever, that's, yeah, that's a great way to add value to people is making those connections, changing gears just a little bit. What's, what's the biggest challenge in your, your business right now?
0: I think still, it's, it has been, and it's still been, and it will be, is time management and also being efficient, right? As, as a father of two, I want to spend as much time as possible with my kids, but at the same time, it's still W-2. My nine and six, is like kind of trapped, although there's some flexibility. And then I try to use my night times or weekends for multifamily. So doing all this, I, I feel like I'm just doing a juggle. I'm juggling some glass cups here and there, like three or four glass cups. And if I take my eyes off, you will fall. And at the same time, I kind of enjoy being able to stay on top of things and kind of constant movement, right? So that's that's what always keeps me moving. But at the same time, always I worry about uh, dropping a, a glass cup uh, here and there if I, if I stop focusing. And eventually the lifestyle they will want is even if you take your eyes off the, the juggling part, it's just being rolling or rolling by system or someone else. That's eventually where we're going to. But until until then, I have this constant feeling of like a walking on kind of like a shallow glass <laughs> a floor to be very careful of just keep things moving and going.
1: Yeah, I think you can feel that way for a long time. Yeah, almost until you have built your team. For me, anyway, it felt like that a long time, uh, and and yeah. Uh, until I found people or surrounded myself with team members who are better at most of these things than I ever thought about being. <laughs> uh, so, mm-hmm. but what about? Do you have any predictions, Yosef, for the real estate market just over the next six to twelve months?
0: Um, first, I'm not I'm not like a market market expert in our team, but I do hear things like around 2018, 19, 20, there has a like a recession has happened, but because of the pandemic a lot of money pumped out. So it's been kind of delayed and delayed. And even after pandemic was kind of over in 2022 towards the end, still a lot of people have a lot of money and they spend. So the, the true recession didn't really kick in yet. But I feel that through me, 2023, a lot of deal sourcing got slowed down and underwriting didn't really pencil much because the sellers still had high expectations for seller market type. And then the buyers thinking, yet. yeah. How, how are we gonna justify the high interest rate with that price? So I do see that our team as well in 2023 was really slow. And we all think that it will continue throughout 2024. I, I think I really started seeing and talking to other people to now towards the end of 2023 and next year will be kind of tough. But as there's as, as always cycle, so through 2025, 2026, I'm sure things will pick up and it will go up. So now it's more like, okay, let's preserve some, some dry potter for uh, for better opportunity in 2025, Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think many are doing that. And it was probably relate to my next question. I always like to ask, uh, what's your best advice for passive investors?
0: Passive investors, always, I think, vetting the operator, knowing your operating team, the track records and as, as uh, I think must thing to do as a passive investor, because they're the ones who's going to make sure that your your money is being used in the right way and invested in the right way. So reaching out to the passive, as a passive investor, you got to reach out. If there's no communication from general partners as a limited part, so you need to reach out to them, ask questions. Don't feel like you're bothering them. I think the part of their job is to make sure that you're uh, well-informed about uh, the condition of the property, condition of the finance. So that's that's what I want to you know, tell them to do, like reach out, ask questions, and listen to what they project and what's going to happen.
1: What are some of the most important metrics that you track? Could be personally or professionally.
0: Professionally... I'll say, am I, so how many, how many, I still like to network, right? At least how many networking calls I had, how many, how much time I spent with my kids, my family, and how many hours I allocated for real estate. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of vague. Magic, I try, I, I, I divide like eight hours for my health Eight hours for my wealth, eight hours for a relationship, and then I'll use that to to equally or more balance wise equally put into different buckets, right? So, for example, for health, eight hours. Obviously, I I sleep like, and it's not good for my health, so I just like heavy. like five or six hours a day, not by my choice, but it's it's just more of like a heavy. So, and then the rest two, three hours are for eating healthy food and all that. Relationship-wise, the eight hours a day, I would have like time spent with my kids and family or a partners. The communication, reading e- uh, emails, social media, checking, TMs yes, and all that. that. That's for that bucket. Eight hours of work is much I allocate to my legal work because I'm still W-2. But i could shave like an hour or two for uh like multi-family networking calls like this uh so there are things that i do need to do daily basis weekly basis a monthly basis right so like a meetup i i host meetups like every month bi-monthly once virtual once in person in new york so like things like that overall that eight 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 hours division of hours for three different topics can be applied to weekly or monthly basis basis so that I could stay at least on uh, top of many different topics and give enough allocation so that I don't miss things, I'll say. I
1: love how uh, intentional you are with those hours, even thinking through it like 888 uh, and uh, in your focus on not letting things slip. But one of the main things I appreciate that you obviously have a focus on is time with the family and the kids. And and I feel like uh, I am guilty at this as anybody at times. It's like, well, the business is demanding so much of me. Yes, I'm willing to sleep four or five hours a night if that's what it takes, right? To, to get it done and and to move the business forward or grow or the next big thing, right? But I can often lose focus of, man, how much how much time have I spent with the family this week? <laughs> I've been in the office really late or really early. Uh, and so just appreciate you bringing that to mind for the listeners and myself. It's like, And even tracking it, like thinking through that. It's, I think it's so important that we do that and appreciate you sharing that. Uh, how do you like to give back?
0: How do I like to give back? I'll say influence. I, I, I think the most precious uh, resources I have, uh, and I put it over my, let's say, money over money is time I like to give back to people by spending some time with them like because that's most precious thing for me right but I know if I could spend some time and make some impact to others it's well spent hour so if I could hear that somebody saying oh because I met Yosef my life became better even if it's a tiny little bit better I'll be so happy and uh, throughout my journey, because I, and another reason why I do a lot of networking calls is not just because I get a lot from them too, but at the same time, for the people who, who are starting the journey, I want to give back by sharing my tips, carrying the pros and cons of things and certain things that I did, the mistakes and things like that. So, so that they can also pay that back to whoever that's coming up later on, right? I think that's a yeah. paying forward type of thing.
1: No, I love that. You know, so grateful for you giving back to us today as well. Even thinking through, I mean, from immigrant to uh, becoming an attorney to learning, I need, I need my own business right? and self educating. And, and something I noticed a pattern here is just you're you're very purposeful, right? And even thinking through hey, two hundred calls, like you had to lay out a plan to make that happen, right? Like that didn't yes. happen just by. I don't know finding random people online right i mean like you had a plan there and even how you went through and and, and talked about a clear goal for this network and even thinking through how you could specifically add value to these people i mean uh, it's really good i mean it's really good for the listeners to, to hear as well especially if they're trying to get in this space mm-hmm. but it probably hadn't taken a ton of action right or purposeful action and then your challenges through time management and per- focus on your kids and, and this 888 strategy is incredible. Are you going to say something?
0: Oh, I, I, w- I wanted to add a little, little to that. I realize I'm a guilty of that too as well. And I try not to be anymore, but I still do sometimes. But a lot of people, I notice that they, when they plan something, it's not executable. I understand it makes sense. It, it's very textbook-like planning. Where, for example, oh, two, it's, it's good to have a network calls to stay on top of the game. Versus, it's not executable. Play. The versus, you got to be like, oh, I'm going to, you, you need to make three calls uh, a day. Or, or two, 10 calls a week so that you can find one good potential partner. Right? So, I noticed a lot of people when they plan something out it's it's instead of executable plan it's more of like like yes it's an education it's good education but it's still like a textbook type of i have no better time to explain that but yeah hopefully you get it so yeah my thing is being intentional being intentional is, is more like have a clear goal into your planning where you can execute like more of like a shows like oh this is what i must do and it's a it, and it has a physical component to it. Like you've got to to find a good deal. You need to underwrite. Okay. But instead of that, like get the finance, plug in the numbers. And what is the COC? Right. <laughs> so that's, that's what I try to do each time I need to do something like, okay, can, can this portion, can this next stage be better explained in terms of simplicity? And, and where is the physical Perspective of it, like what do I need to do right here?
1: Yeah, I love that outlook and, and pushing us in that way. so how can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more
0: about you? I try to act, stay active in social media, and my social media handle is all the same. Yosef, your brosef, right? Y o s e f, y o u r b r o s e f. So reach out to me, DM me. I love to get on the call, share my experience, and get to know you.